Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, welcome along. Aaron Noonan here. It's another edition of the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. This week, it's part one of a two-part chat with former V8 supercar racer and team owner, Steve Ellery. Now, I recorded this on a big week of pod recordings in Queensland in late August, and we covered a serious amount of ground with a guy with a unique view of the sport as both a driver and team owner. Like lots of people, he drifted away from the sport after he stopped competing, but he's certainly reconnected with it in recent years through his sons and production car racing, and he still maintains a passion for racing and especially that mountain at Bathurst. In F1, we cover a wide amount of ground, a whole pile of stuff. His early years in Formula Ford and what got him started in racing, that breakthrough 1996 Bathurst podium finish, the collapse of his relationship the next year with Tony Longhurst, and the ups and downs of trying to make it in V8 supercars. He reveals how his 1998 Young Lions deal was supposed to turn out. We cover the heartbreak of nearly winning Bathurst with Dick Johnson Racing and Paul Radisich in 1999 and his breakthrough win at Sandown in 2000. All that and much, much more ahead. Now, we recorded this pod around the kitchen table at Steve's place on the Gold Coast. So buckle up, it's time to start. Steve Ellery of the V8 Sleuth Podcast, pal, by Repco. Steve Ellery, welcome to the V8 Sleuth Podcast. There's been a fair few people who've been wanting me to catch up with you, so I'm thrilled that we can sit down here at your place and have a chat. Good to see you. Yeah, it's awesome. I uh, really appreciate um, the opportunity to come on and, yeah, I'm honoured to, to be involved with your podcast. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah. You're in. You're in. Oh, I'm not going to go easy gotta, on gotta you. Got to suck up to the yeah, interview. Yeah, nice, right. nice. I'm not going to go easy on you now. We started that way. Um, I've got a long list of stuff here. We've got a long list of questions from our, our readers and our listeners of V8 Salute. So we'll get to those a little bit later. Um, there is so much to, to go through here. So we'll, we'll, we usually go off on a tangent halfway yep. through and then we drag our way back and we find another tangent. And, tangents and, and, are good. Tangents are good. That's what it's all about. <laughs> never know what you'll unearth. Exactly. Now, You've been up here in Queensland for a long time now, but you are a transplanted Victorian. You were smart. You, yes. The Ellery family bailed and came where it was good in terms of weather, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we got out. Um, it was 95, so 27 years now. Um, and you, basically the whole family moved up here together. So um, it was a lifestyle change purely based on weather and we had holiday houses on the Gold Coast, so we come up here all the time. So it just made sense and... Yeah, he never we are. left. <laughs> I was well, 19 when I left Victoria, so I've been up here 27, 28 years. So I consider myself a Queenslander now, but um, I still barrack for Victoria in the cricket. Who do you follow in the AFL? Carlton. Oh. And the Brisbane Lions. Oh, you got to. Oh. <laughs> so this you, Sunday, I can't lose. You've got to cover it off. You've, you've got to cover it off. So if one goes crap, the <laughs> yeah. other one's there to go all right. But if they both lose it, well, if they play one another, who do you go for, though? Well, I go for Carlton because I'm a Carlton supporter and always have been. Um, but if Brisbane win, I'm not not disappointed. That's oh, hedging. I, I remember last year I was at the Gabba and um, Carlton came up and they lost because that's what we've been doing for the last few years. Few and um, 
at the end I was singing the Brisbane song with all my Carlton gear on and people were looking at me like, what's going on here? You're a turd, Kate. You're a fair weather sailor. You're just jumping on whoever wins. Uh, so the racing started down south. So is it, yep. was it BMX that was the very first sort of racing flavour yep. that you had? Yeah, yep. BMX. Around when I was five years old I started racing BMX and I don't think my dad ever wanted me to – be a bored child. I think he wanted me to grow up with interests. And doing stuff. Yeah, yeah doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and so BMX was the start and I did that probably for a good five or six years and um, when BMX finished it was probably 12 or 18 months later that we started go-karts. So, so, so BMX, is that the year of BMX bandits and all that stuff? Yeah, 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 absolutely. That was huge, the, early, the 80s, early 80s. Nicole Kidman, yeah. off yeah. the charts. Like yeah, a, back in the of, day. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're not that old. Still. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> we call old school BMX. I think you know. There's some debate of what's old school BMX, but in my mind, it's it's pre 1985 because that's when I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything's relative to yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. Um, Cropo, he was a nutbag for BMX. Yeah, he was a lot. huge in BMX. Mm. And from what I've seen, I think Fabian Coulthard had this pop up on socials in the last year or so. Yeah. Some of the prices that those old bikes can yep. go for that. Yep. Or, or the parts for them yeah. to restore them. It's, he, it's insane. I know he restored a bike that I was envious of. I just can't remember whether it was a, a Skyway or a, or a PK Ripper. I can't quite remember. But um, he just restored a bike not long ago. It looked really nice. There's yeah. some serious bucks in those things. It's a bit like old yeah. race cars. They're, like you get you rid of one to get the next one because it's better. That's right. And then you don't <laughs> worry about it. And then 25 years later someone tells you that it's worth 20 times what you had yep. back in the day, which yep. race car owners cringe when That's we talk right. about those prices. <laughs> these days. So, the, so where was your first kart race? Where did you start? Who were the sort of names that we might know that were kicking around in those days Ooh, when you were kicking off? Oh. Karting for me started up here on the Gold Coast. It's funny that that we when we used to come up for holidays, um, we used to go to the uh, the higher carts, Le Mans, and there used to be one over in Carrara before they they ripped the um, the the motor racing track down. So, and I used to go there and muck around. But um, you know, we had a friend with us. He um, went back to Melbourne and brought a go kart. We went to Oakley and watched him race. And the next day we had one. <laughs> and so I started my racing, my karting career, what was 1980, around 87 or 88 or 86 or something at Oakley Kart Club in Victoria. Um, names that were popping around then, um, guys like um, um, Greg Ritter, Michael Ritter, um, Stephen Richards. I raced Jason Bright, uh, Craig Lowndes, the biggest one of all. Um, yeah, plenty. Mm. Plenty. And um, back in those days, they were good days, yeah. Really, really tough kart club, the Oakley cult club seems back to be, then. Yeah, talking to a lot of the guys who've gone on to supercars and big stuff, yeah. there's a lot of them who came through. Come from Oakley came or from through Oakley, Oakley yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, heaps. There, that, that only names a few. Like there's, there's just so many. And there's probably a heap that were gun carters that never went on. Yep. To cars or it never really worked for them or yeah, it never yeah. flowed through. There's it's happened and like um, I think Owen Osborne or Ozzy Osborne or whatever they called him back in the day. Um, raced Formula you know, Holden, probably didn't he? one of the most talented carters mm. that I've seen that never really – yeah, he raced Formula Holden and it didn't really go any further than that and it, it can be money, it can be various mm. reasons. So, mm. yeah. Just, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you just never know which way – Sliding doors, all that stuff. Yep, all that stuff. that's right. So we go karting. We enjoy that. We clearly win some stuff because you've got to win some stuff to get anywhere. 
Um, cars. At this stage, though, are you thinking, I'm going to, this is my thing. I'm going to go <laughs> racing because I want to be a Bathurst winner or a Formula One driver, or is this just fun and the family's doing it and it's cool to do? Yeah. Honestly, I, I went along for the ride. I, I, I got given an opportunity and, um, you know, we brought the cart. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I actually <laughs> vividly remember my first lap and um, it just it felt right, which is really weird. Mm. Um, and there was no family tie. No. There was not like, oh, Dad used to race or my uncle used to do this. Mm. It was it kind of started with you. Yeah. Really. yeah. Dad, Dad used to go to Sandown and things like that. He was a petrol head anyway. Um, like when I started racing carts, he started taking me to Sandown 500 and – I'd stand out the pits and watch them push the cars around. And Sounds like well, me about you know. similar, a little bit earlier. Yeah. You're a little bit earlier <laughs> than me, but same thing. Same yeah, thing. wow. But no, honestly, back in those days, there was no ambition to go anywhere with motor racing. Um, I pretty much just wanted to play cricket. Um, battle or, battle bowl. Um, bowler. Fast bowler, spin bowler. Tried to be fast. <laughs> Medium. Yeah, <laughs> which meant I was probably slow. Um, <laughs> more sliders, no. <laughs> oh, I just had this thing about cricket. Um, I went to St. Bede's in Mentone and I went to school with Brad Hodge. Um, and obviously, you know, he's a fantastic cricketer and pretty much is where I wanted to be was was a good cricketer but isn't that funny though the steering wheel he, got in the way he, he would want to be where you ended up standing on a Bathurst <laughs> yeah. podium running and I would like to team play cricket for exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> it's funny how that stuff works out funny how it works out so karting into cars so what was your first Formula Ford was it a ninety one Van it was Diemen? the ninety I think it was Russell Ingalls championship winning okay, car so you started I think with he won it in ninety ninety you started with a good one then yeah yeah started with a good car um, Russell come out to Winton for the first drive in it and um, sort of showed me the ropes and I um, I think I went for my CAMS licence the day before or two days before and it only dawned on us like the night before I was going for it that I had, didn't even know how to drive a manual. <laughs> Minor details, <Steve>. Steve. <laughs> so <laughs> my dad's mate had me, Warwick, he had me out the um, back of Dandenong <laughs> Um, teaching me how to drive a manual. <laughs> I went the next day and got my CAMS licence and I think a few days later we were all winking in this Formula Ford and, oh, look, honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. It escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly. Very quickly. So, 92, I think it was that you went – so the National Formula Ford Championship at the time, and it had been for a while. Yep. It was the place you had to go to go anywhere or yep. to know, well, are we any good here? So, you know, a, a young Lowndes, a young Bright, a young Steve Richards, you yep. said before about the, the karting. So you've all ended up, you know, you come through as this sort of group of guys yep. through the karts, the open wheelers, the yep. V8s and touring cars yeah, um, yeah. eventually. But do you remember your first race? Because if, if you didn't know how to drive a manual for your first <laughs> run in the car, like, I guess you'd done your first race What not long after that. Yeah, it wouldn't have been long after that. It was uh, – I think they called Driver to Europe back yeah, then. Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, the other guy that was there was Stephen White as well. He was from Oakley as well. And so a whole bunch of us, um, when I went to Formula Ford, all did the same thing at the same time. Mm. And it was probably five or six of us. Um, but, no, my first race I'm pretty confident was at Sandown. Um, and that would have been 91 – and I think, off memory, it was the driver to Europe round. 
Yeah, it was the first round. Um, yeah. And I've got a funny feeling um, it rained and I might have um, put the car off into the fence. <laughs> I think the motorbikes were racing there with us that weekend and I might have hit the – the things that they had out for the bike riders. Oh, yeah. it was their Can't, fault. Their off fault. memory, their fault. It was one of a. What are those sand down trips from? Yeah, Home off memory. So I don't. I don't know if it went very well. I can't quite remember <laughs> if it went very well. So who was? Were you, were you guys as a family running your car yourself, or did you just engage yeah, someone no. who went? You know what you're doing. You run it. We'll. We we'll didn't know what it. we were doing. Dad had the car in the garage at home, and him and his mate Warwick were were doing it. And um, is it one of those you don't know what you don't know things? Oh, or you didn't know anything? I think at it all? takes. I think it takes longer than half an hour to set a yeah. Formula Ford up. Anyway, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> the cars I drove might not have been very good, <laughs> but it's a learning process. It's all yeah, part that's of. It. And if you look back on it now, you go. At the time, you're going, "Oh, geez, what are we doing?" But you look back and go, "But you learn thing." And this is a common thread in the chats I've had with people. Yeah. You look back on it now. It's good. Like it yep. was a good way to go. It was. Yep. It was. It was the thing that sort of helps build and build the foundation yep. for all the stuff that comes. I remember one night we went to a set up night on Formula Fords. Um, well, I can't even remember who ran it, and they were talking about corner weights, and 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 my dad's looking at me going, "What's a bloody corner weight?" <laughs> So that's how much we knew about what we were doing. But you know, we gave it a crack, and um, and that's what we did all the way through the career. We we kept giving it a crack. Was it the sort of thing where your dad said, "Look," and the family went, "We're, we're all in on this. We'll, we'll back you to do this." Or yep. was it? There's always tough love along the way where it's like, "Nah, you got to get in and do your thingy." So. Was it a case where you had to go and put your hands on the car and learn how to run this thing or fix this or make that mm. or, or do that? Or was it a case of, no, no, you just worry about going fast and doing yeah, all that stuff? Yeah, pretty much. Like I was still at school so um, I don't know. There was not really any expectation that I had to go and work on the car. Um, I did generally pretty much my whole career like to leave that up to someone else. <laughs> I'm not very mechanically minded. Me too. Don't worry. That's, what mecha- <laughs> that's what mechanics are for. Yeah. Like I get stopped a lot and people ask me questions about engines and I'm like, oh, I'm listening to them, but it's like I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, so I was not necessarily the most hands-on. Um, later on in the Formula Ford um, career, we ended up doing a deal with Phoenix Motorsport with Mike Quinn and I ended up moving to Sydney and working in the workshop. So I became hands-on then mm. um, and did a lot of running around and things for them. Um, but that was pretty much it really. So out of the four, couple of years of Formula Ford, touring car racing's gone to the V8s after yep. a long, long time of Group A. And then I remember this vividly because every year, you said before about going to the Sandown 500, that was for me the event my dad took me to every year since 86. So yep. um, 93, V8s are sort of the, the new thing, but there's, there's some two-litre cars kicking around. Yep. You're kicking around in one of Cito's old Sierras yep, run by right. Quinny. How that's did that right. all come together? What was the, the way that that all flowed? Well, we had already had an association with Glenn Seaton and his team um, because um, we would share testing. So if Glenn booked out Phillip Island, for example, um, he'd ring around and we'd generally go. Um, so we sort of built a little bit of an association and maybe even a friendship there at the time with Glenn. Um, and as I was looking to progress, I think Dad liked to 
chat to Glenn and run things past. And um, I think the idea came up, you know, Glenn's obviously got all these Sierras. Um, he's now building Falcons and the Sierras are irrelevant. So he's looking for somewhere to, to sell Sierras. So I think Glenn came up with the idea that I could, the two litre series in Australia is coming. Um, there's a push behind it. So, you know, Get one out there, which which we did in a two litre in the two litre trim with the turbo offer, and it might open a market up for him, you know, to sell sell off others. Um, but I think I, I don't know if he ever sold any more, but that's pretty much how it came about. We ended up deciding that we would um, um, build a relationship with Glenn, um, you know, buy the car, go racing in that, and that could possibly help me, you know, if I ever wanted to get into supercars or Group A or whatever mm. it was. So. Um, you know, so it was pretty much that easy. It was a good little thing to drive, even without the. the I mean, you didn't yeah. have the turbo experience to know yeah. what it was like before that. I know, I know. I never ever car. drive one with a turbo either. Um, funny enough, I, I've never done it, so I don't know the comparison. But it was a really good little car to drive. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You remember your first laps at Bathurst, didn't it? Um, I do actually. Um, I, I actually remember going there a few weeks before and driving around the track for the first time and thinking to myself. There's absolutely no way in the world I'm going to be able to get a car around here. How do you do it? <laughs> um, but you jump in a race car and, yeah, look, your first couple of laps around Bathurst, I don't think you'll ever ever forget. Um, like the first time going through the chase flat, you know, things like that. The time that you decided, okay, I'm going to <laughs> go through the chase flat. Everyone says you can. Um, like you just never forget those things. Yeah. How did that race go? Do you remember anything out of it all? Is it a case of – Bit of a blur because it's, <laughs> you know. It's back in the days of Group A, Group B and all that sort of stuff. So I think we were in Group B, which was grouped with all the two-litre cars. I think we got pole position in our class. Um, I remember starting around the corner. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's how many cars were in it. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Watching the guy with the flag, the Australian flag, because they didn't have a relay set of lights. Um and I, I think we'll win in our class quite comfortably, but I, I do remember it, it. It blew up. It just absolutely, totally disintegrated itself. <laughs> and um, it blew up right on top of the mountain, um, right in front of all the Holden fans. Good timing. And good I place. absolutely copped it. <laughs> um, they absolutely They didn't know it. who this young bloke was, but the nah. fact you got out of a steaming Sierra, they're going to give you shit. Yep. They were in here. Yep. And um, that was like young kids welcome to Bathurst. <laughs> you <know? laughs> if you could have stopped anywhere, not there. Don't do it there. Yeah. Just, just find a way to dribble around a bit further. <laughs> yeah. Get away. Just go and park out the elbow or if something. If it didn't like have that. oil pouring out of it, I would have, I would have <laughs> Gone anywhere but there. <laughs> <laughs> so the two-litre yeah. series as a series proper on its own started the next year. So yeah. 94 was the the BMWs with Tony Longhurst, Paul yeah. Morris, Peter Doolman, John Cotter, yeah. Mark Adderton, yourself. Yeah. The Carina came along with Murph and James Kay. Yeah. It was all – I remember vividly how it was all cut together and shown at 6.30am on a Saturday yep. morning. Yeah, Which like I that. used to get up and watch it. Seriously. Daryl Eastlake. Oh, huge, yeah. huge, huge. Huge. Big Daz. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that first race because, seriously, that was scripted. <laughs> of course, sure. Tell me, was there a pre-meeting of, hey, boys, oh, keep it close, keep passing one another, or you all knew that yeah. there was a bit of a wink like this is what we've got to do, guys? Yeah, there'd definitely been a conversation about it. Um, we wanted to – everyone had been watching the UK version of the product and, um, you know, that's, that's what we wanted to bring here. Um, so there was definitely a um, – Discussion there for a while where we would um, put on a show. Put on a show. I think the term is probably but towards the end of the race. 
you then know, it was open slather. Everyone sort of last couple of laps, everyone had sort of go, and you'd <laughs> see how quickly the BMWs would disappear. But yeah, you yeah. know, I think um, Phil start. Ward, Phil oh, Ward Phil had Ward the Mercedes. The yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Or as Daryl used to say, "Big Phil Ward of the big yeah. Mercedes." Mike, yeah. it's not as big as any other car in the field, but he was <laughs> just positioning it to be the 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 enforcer. And actually, you ended up with Wardy in the the V eight. Yeah, later drove that year with at, him at Bathurst, Bathurst yeah. that year. So um, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why interesting? Oh, he's an interesting he guy. He is an interesting cat. Yeah. He's the only guy that I've ever seen when I've called live on television, pull up on the front of the grid, having not been on the front row of the grid to decide to call off a race at Queensland yeah. because of the, the oil that was on the track. Yep. Uh, so the two-litre stuff was very new, but you still did at the start of the year the V8 rounds in the Sierra. Yes. But you were kind of the only bloke in the class. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The I most, was up the back there on my own, the racing most, the privateers. The, so before <laughs> – so you are the last driver – to compete in the Australian Touring Car Championship slash V8 Supercars slash Supercars, same thing right. all the way through, with something other than a V8 engine. Right, okay, there you go. Because yeah. you were the yeah. last non-V8 in it yeah. and you did a couple of rounds in 94 yeah, before did. you did the two-litre thing. Yep. Um, so you, there you go, history maker, <laughs> Steve Allen. Well, we did that. I think it was the Ams Car Series too at Amaroo Park um, and I raced it there as well. With the with the the or the V8s or the Group A cars or whatever they called it an AMS car I can't quite remember, um, but that little thing around there used to out qualify half the field. Yeah, yeah it's a jet. Like, yeah. Little car around Amaru have V8s behind me. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> a few of those blokes wanting to swap to a Sierra. Yeah. Which by that yeah. stage, I mean a Sierra was about five years old. Yep. Because that was the car that Cito had that big crash at Lakeside in. In the big fire yeah, that Andrew Medici was in and Murray Carter, yeah, and I, I, it got I, fixed up. I read something about that, so um, I wasn't aware of that. So probably better that way, actually. Yeah, yeah. But did, did you have a big one at Lakeside in that car? Yes. Yeah, like that was yeah. like out for the weekend type. Coming, job. coming around the back under the the old Dunlop Bridge there, the left rear tire popped and um, just backed it into the fence. Oof. Um, Nothing you can do about that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's. Um, but it didn't tickle. Nothing. Nothing at Lakeside tickles. Was was that the biggest crash that you would have had along the way? I'm trying to think of. I mean, no. I'd say the 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 biggest crash I probably had would have been Turn Eight. Oh, Adelaide. In Adelaide, I've been in there a couple of times, unfortunately. But the one with Triple Eight was probably the biggest. Um, the the crash that knocked me around the most was one at, that I had at the Gold Coast or the, at the Indy. Um, just down the end of the back straight, the left hand of it takes you off the, the end of the back straight. I put my foot down and I had no front brakes and I locked rear and I slid sideways into the fence. But it wasn't, it wasn't a fast hit or a big hit, but it, when it hit the fence, it just stopped. Like it didn't bounce off the fence or mm. move. It just hit the fence and stopped. And it was the first race I wore a Hans device. Good call. And um, it, that crash knocked me around. I, I was... Pretty pretty groggy for a while after that, mm. and it's funny that it's probably one of the slower ones I had. So you know, it's not always the speed or the size of the crash that's the biggest. Usually, the, <laughs> the the bits flying off it as it spins down the road or bounces off yeah. things. It's getting rid of the energy rather yeah. than you copping the energy. Which when you stop from X speed to zip, yep, you cop it. It goes yep. it goes right through you. Yeah. So the, so the two liter thing. I mean, obviously, it was it was a smaller thing than the V eight thing, but was it more because it was accessible and the the price point was more appealing to be able to do that rather than go V8s, which you, you did later yeah, on. Yeah, I, I think price point, like, like um, I think that's definitely definitely part of the idea. 
I think we also had a little bit of an eye on overseas as well. So we were we were looking at everything. Like in Formula Ford, I I really wanted to get overseas and race in the Formula Ford Festival and things like that, but that it never it never came. So I think we were looking at a two litre thing's going to work in Australia. We're going to support it, and that's going to be a good place to set me, and it might open up some doors overseas. Mm. Um, and so that was pretty much the rationale behind it. Um, but yeah, we like I say, um, at the end of our second year in it, we decided to um, to go a different direction and get involved in mm. the V8s because there was a, you traded in the Sierra to go to a BM, which was yep. the ex Longhurst B and H car that won the, the title. B and H car. So yep. that was the blue, uh, no, red and yellow Chelgrave car. Yeah, the red and yellow one. I reckon that ninety five two liter season was a cracker. That's probably. Because the V8 mm. era is kind of the dominant thing that everyone looks back on. Yeah. But the the level of drivers, the, the, the mix of cars, yep. Yep. so you had the two factory BMWs, the two Audis with Brad and Murph, yep. you and your BM, Tony Scott and the Volvo wagon that everyone the remembers The Volvo so wagon, well. that's right. And the Brocky um, had something to do with that too, the Volvo Brocky wagon. came along the next year, yep. Um, Graham Moore in a vet. So you were in the privateer sort of category yep. to take on – Maury in the Vectra and Steve Richards had the Alpha and yep. Jeff Allen was in the Ross Palmer Mondeo. Yeah. Um, yep. So, like, really and good I think, series. Um, you can correct me on this, but Murph was in there somewhere. He, Murph he was in the Audi with Bradley. He might have been in the Audi by yeah, then. I think the was. year before he started in the Toyota that's right. or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. it was a, you know, if you got a result that year, mm. pretty good field. It was, a, a it was a decent field and I know, um, you know, we ran the car up the front for a fair bit of it too, mm. um, and it was a really good car. The, the current BMWs were just a, a step better, um, but we still had the same aero package and everything that they had. Um, but they just had that, just that little bit, bit more. of everything more. Yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah, but you know, a couple of tenths on a track over a distance of a race turns out to be a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, though? it adds up. So you still. DIYing it at this stage, or is is this out of your hands now? And did you guys run that car? We did run the car. I think we ran it as Ellery Motorsport um, out of a workshop in Ernest here on the Gold Coast. And Campbell Little ran it pretty much for us. Mm. Um, so yes, technically family operation, um, but um, technically we had professionals in. Mm. Looking yep. after it this time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we had a good crew of people. We really did. So and did you rope in mates to come and help out on the weekends and or family or how did you get your own? No, not really. We ended up with a crew um, of people that we that we you know just met and knew and got to know over the years. Um, not necessarily just friends. Um, you know, there might have been a couple over the time. But um, as the years went, we wanted more professional people involved mm. and people that knew about the sport. And um, so, yeah, we we ended up, you know, flying people in from all over the place for the race weekends. Mm. Yeah, Two litre thing finishes. Yep. V8's 96. Clearly the step of, all right, that's where it's at. That's the main yep. thing. So how did that all come to be? Because you end up buying a, a Longhurst yep. car and then teaming up with him yep. to – to run it for that So year. the association, like the V8 thing was already in me because I drove the, the car with Phil Ward 
um, 94. Oh, and because you'd also driven the Pinnacle car at Sandown because John yes, Clellan couldn't come and couldn't do it. Come. That, that was 95 yeah. and I missed Bathurst because Clellan came so I didn't have a drive at Bathurst in 95. Uh, um, but I'd driven the V8 at Bathurst in 94 and knew that I could handle it. Mm. So um, in the back of our mind there was always this thing, you know, we wanna, we'd love to have a crack at Bathurst as well and um, because... It doesn't matter what you did in your life. Everyone watches Bathurst, and I, I knew Bathurst. It's the thing that everyone who doesn't know about the sport yeah. knows about. It's the yeah. hub that yeah. makes sense to people. And if you say the word Bathurst, or you've dri- driven there, won it, yeah. stood on the podium, people go, "Well, that must be really good," yes. because they know that that's the thing that's <laughs> that's right. Know, that that's the Bannerhead thing. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, and, and and that year with the BMW, so my association had shifted from Glen Seaton to to Norwell um, because they were running the BMWs out of there. Frank Gardner was running the driving school and I was coming up and getting some um, tuition off off guys like Frank and Paul Morris and um, I think even John Blanchard there uh, was working there at that stage as well. Um, And so that association shifted from Glen across to uh, Longhurst Mm. and Tony doesn't miss anything. So, you know, he had a car for sale. Um, he knew that we we could be tempted, so <laughs> you know the deal was struck, and one, we brought one the careful, car and we went one, racing one with careful, Tony. One careful owner only driven on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the goal the goal with that buying that car was simply um, for me to try and assert myself and drive with Tony at, in the endurance races because it was um, a your car was a privateer cup car. Yeah, because this is before control tires. Yeah, this is right. when the main gamers yep. are all Bridgestone, Dunlop, Yokohama. This yep. track suits that one. That one's this one. They're no good there. They're yep. good here. Like looking back on it now, you go, "How the hell did we do that for so long?" I know because I know. it was just the haves and the have-nots. But in the privateers, Steve Richards came into V8s the same year that you did. Yes, so it was pretty much the two Steves yep. fighting for the the yep. privateer sort of award. Because they used to do those Sunday morning three lap. Dash things on Channel Seven, and yep. you got a little bit of extra TV time out of it. it was yeah, bad. that's right, that's right. The 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 privateer shootout, and I tell you what, that was bloody fierce. Mm. Um, John Faulkner. Oh, that's right. He came yeah. along that year. Yeah, bloody yeah. fierce. They, yeah. they were some very very hard races. And yeah, they're sort Cri- of uh, Greg Crick. Um, yeah, he was in the Elcare car. Yeah, trying to think. There was oh, and. There were a good number of cars in that race too. Yeah, yeah, and it sort of depended yeah. on where the rounds were as to who you picked up as the local. You know, Mark Poole was doing a few, yep. and Mal Rose right. had a bit of a budget to do a few. Yep, that's right. It was sort of like yep. it was almost like the um, that you know, there's a few core blokes that did the whole series, yep. and then you'd get you know, just when you think you're getting good, then the local track hero at whatever track pops yep. up, and you go, oh damn, now I've got to beat yep. him as well. That's you're right. Like, oh. <laughs> do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. But the, the yeah, as you said before, the thing was all about Bathurst that year to drive with Tony in the, the Castrol car, and is it right that... And I think he might have said this to me over the years before that he sort of actually fought for you to drive with him yep. when the sponsors went, because yep. at the time the young driver thing 
was just starting. You know, yeah. Lowndes had sort of broken through and got a bit. Murph was bubbling. Stevie Johnson's on the scene. Yeah, with all these Stevens, it was all Johnson, happening. Richards, oh, Ellery, no, no, White. No, tell you're, me about you're it. You're all bloody everywhere. It's a bloody good name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, so he, he he had to fight for you to to get that gig. Yeah, it wasn't a done deal. So when we went and drove with Tony, um, me driving with him at Bathurst wasn't a done deal. Then so. it was maybe let's see. Oh, I was probably I was probably expecting it would happen, mm. um, but. As you know, one day Tony pulled up at the workshop in his car. He said, "Get in. Uh, did you bring your runners and that?" Yep. He drove me down the beach and we went for a run. And that was probably the start of when I realised that he was thinking about me. Um, but I do believe I, I, I believe um, that there was a preference of Charlie O'Brien over me from sponsors, and it could have been Ford. I'm not not exactly sure which sponsor. And in the end, um, um, Tony really wanted me in the car, and so he he fought. He did. He fought. He fought to make that happen, and that's where all these years later, even now, I'll, I'll, I'll still always thank Tony Longhurst for giving me a mm. giving me a shot that year because um, um, you know we went and did great things. At HRT were too good, so you know we finished third to them and. Um, to us, it almost felt like winning. Yeah, because they yeah. were so dominant that year. Oh, like, Lowndes won everything. <laughs> that was ridiculous um, how quick that thing was around Bathurst mm. that year. But, um, you know, it happens. People get those cars sometimes and they went out and won it. You know, if they hadn't have finished the race, we were there. We were ready for it. So, mm. you know. <laughs> Every, well, you never know. You never know. And that place turns up weird And we were, we were fast. Tony and I were genuinely fast as a combination. I had no doubt when we left Bathurst that year that him and I would win Bathurst together in the future. Um, that made me really excited. Because mm. mm. that was – you were Yokohama, weren't you? Yes. HRT was – Bridgestone and, and Dick and John Bauer finished second on Dunlop. Dunlop so, yeah. so it was a bit of a spread of everything. Yeah. And that was a day that had rain and drying and wet and this and that, whatever. It had a bit of everything. But Typical Bathurst. Yeah, a bit of everything. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so for you, when you look back at your career, that's a you know, there's probably a few pivotal landmark moments. Yeah. But for the motorsport, motoring media who go, Oh, that Ellery bloke, he does go all right. Yeah. Look what he's done on the grand stage. So for yeah. you, that's a massive moment. Yeah, it really, really. Um, it was the moment where I realised that I belonged and uh, and for me I had arrived. Mm. Um, and I, like I said, I felt like that, um, you know, I'm not only a guy that goes to Bathurst to make up the numbers, I'm a guy that can go to Bathurst and win mm. and I really, really want to do that. So... Um, you know, that's um, that's what that personally what that did for me was give me the confidence and the, and the knowing that you know I'm in this now. This is what I'm going to do. Mm. It's a career now. Um, you know, it's time to really put in and, and make it your career. So everything for me changed after that. Did you have to shake the tag where because you'd had family backing <coughs> and you'd been you know you had the family business on the car? Yeah. Change the perception of uh, they're just paying their way. Like, yeah, there's so yeah, many people yeah, have had yeah. that over the years. Yeah. Did, did that result help to shake a bit of that off? Absolutely, because um, I'm, I'm a believer that, um, look, I come up through the sport with family money and I'm not going to hide that. Um, and, it, and it paid for me to, to get to where I, where I got to, but you've got to be able to do it too. Mm. 
Um, it's not as easy just to say, oh, you know, you got you got family money and that's the only reason you made it. Um, like I say, Tony Tony fought to have me in the car that year. He's seen it. Um, he believed in me and um, when I left Bathurst, I seen it, you know. And um, So you hadn't seen it before? Because oh, there, there's some young drivers who have that. I had that no idea un- where I was going with it, to be honest. I yeah. knew I could drive. Yeah, but there's some young guys who have that absolute unwavering confidence and they know where they're going, how yeah. they're going, whereas some others have that result yeah. that goes, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. And you were one of those ones. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd had good results during the year and I'd, I'd won some of those privateer races and, um, you know, I'd finished first privateer in, in, in quite a few races that year and, and I had a good crack at it. Um, but in myself, I was inconsistent. Um, like I say, I didn't really... I didn't really understand exactly where I was going, but all of a sudden I was going. <laughs> mm, I'm going. I don't know how I'm going or where yeah. I'm going, but we're going. It's and good. I think um, especially for me, Bathurst was a focus and I, I, like I say, I go to Bathurst in 96, finish third, um, and all of a sudden I just, my whole attitude changed to I'm going to win Bathurst. And and at this and stage, are you still working, studying, doing other stuff, or are you still just? I'm no, a, I was actually working with Tony, so I was working in the workshop, um, and Tony and I would flip off during the day and train, and come back, and I'd continue working. So I was actually working within the workshop. My um, I'm a my apprenticeship, which I'd done as a fitter and turner, I'd just finished anyway when I moved up here. So. Um, no, I had no studies or anything left anymore. I um, was full time racing. We're going racing. We're yeah, right. yeah. So the so it's actually scary to think. It's twenty five years ago <laughs> that a Vesco was formed. V eight supercars. Yeah. Tony Cochran comes along. Yeah, yeah. Channel ten TV deal. Nineteen ninety seven. And you're there. Yep. Because Tony goes to two cars. A Castro car for him. A Konica car yep. for you. He's twenty five. You're fifty two. Makes sense. Yep. Flip it around. That's right. Um, Tony didn't want to carry numbers. He didn't have to carry. So why not? That's Larry Perkins' theory, <laughs> isn't yep. it? You know, eleven. That's right. yep. Well, you just—it's two slices of tape, <laughs> and you just change it real easy. That's so right. Twos and fives. Yep. Simple. I like it. That's that's the way to play it. So you, you're you're in a full time drive. Yep. Of where you were trying to get to, you're in the main championship. Yep. There's Brock. There's Johnson. Yep. There's Scaife. Yep. Well, not every round, but he was around. Perkin, you know, all, all the dudes. So you are in the level one car now. Like it, previously you were a privateer in a car out of Tony's workshop, but now you're in a, you know, two-car yep. level one, as yep. we used to call them, yep. um, team. So yep. going into that year, are you thinking you're about to take on the world and you yeah, know, go, I, go well? And I, I really wanted to go well, um, like – my plan, yeah, my plan was easy. I, I, I had, I had chain, total change of attitude after Bathurst and my training had changed and my attitude had changed and everything had changed. Um, but I wasn't necessarily really 100% focused on the championship itself, more so being my best when I get to Bathurst mm. in October. Um, so, again, you know, I was probably a little bit up and down and all over the place. Um, the championship wasn't necessarily really going along, you know, as good as it could. Um, but there were there were internal issues as well. There were a lot of reasons for that. Um, so it turned out not to be the greatest year of motorsport in my life. Mm. 
Um, it was a pretty hard year, actually. Because <laughs> it was, uh, what, four rounds, and I think it was after Tassie. It's Simmons Plains, yeah. Yeah. I look, my... My recollection of everything that happened over the over those four races is pretty. I've probably probably don't remember a lot, um, but it certainly hit ahead at Simmons Plains when um, you know. I think it was raining, and I beat Tony, and um, you know I know I'm not allowed to do that, but I did. <laughs> oh, so was that in the deal that you had to run behind him? He didn't like it. Um, I won't say that he, he he liked it at all because um, he was of the opinion that the team was his, the sponsors were his, and I was pretty much to to man, play second fiddle. Fall in line. Yeah. yeah. But was it written down anywhere? Was no, it, not really. It wasn't yeah, written right. anywhere. It's it not like it's a clause in a contract or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and a- look, in a way I get it. Like uh, there was one race earlier in the year. I can't remember where it was, but I beat him and um, – you know, when I passed him and and drove away from him, I I left him pretty, um, like pretty quickly, um, and I got in I got in a lot of trouble after that. Um, but yeah, it just hit a head in Simmons Plains. I don't remember all the conversations that happened. I just remember, you know, after the last race, I was told to to take the car and park it out the back of Glenn Seaton's truck. Oh, even um, at the race event to take back to yeah over the main. We owned the car; it was ours. Um, and somehow the decision was made during that day that, um, um, like, the relationship with Tony with Tony was not able to be saved. Um, we didn't want the car to go in the truck back to Queensland, so Glenn, um, I don't know whether he wanted to get involved or not. Um, probably but he, didn't. he helped. He helped out. He helped us out. Yep. Took the car back to Melbourne. Um, and that was that for a while. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, yeah. And then you're out. You're parked up for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. The car's parked up. <laughs> and and, and, and there, was there a, a blue over whose Conica was and yeah, that dragged yeah, on for a while? Yeah, there was a – look, in the end um, we ended up suing each other basically um, and that on went on for years and I, I remember Dad saying that it was one of the worst – Worst things he ever had to go through in his life. Hmm. So the breakup with Tony wasn't pretty um, at all. <laughs> hmm. And when that happened, so you, you you rewind six months and you go, you got this kid leaving Bathurst who's all of a sudden, you know, um, got the world in front of him. And then six months later, you got this kid didn't didn't have any idea what was going to happen. We we had no idea. All we knew was we weren't going to be there anymore. It's staggering. In six months, <laughs> to go from literally the the moment that makes you to go, um, you know, this is where we're going, we're on, we're on, mm. to we're out. Like, we're, yeah. what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. How could it go from that to that within yeah. such a short space of time? But Yeah, that's right. It happened. Um, and, and honestly, I don't remember a lot between that period. Um I don't don't really remember a lot about it to be honest. I I just remember being a bit dejected and a bit mm. lost and not not a hundred percent sure where it was all going. Um, so yeah, that <laughs> was a ninety six was a good year. Ninety seven was a really hard year. Mm. How did you pick yourself back up from that? Because it's like the carpet's mm. just yunk out from underneath you, and yeah. you've got to rebuild, and you've got to. What do we do next? And, and oh, then you got to confident get... that we'd get something for Bathurst um, because you know I'd finished third the year before, and 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 you know the job I did was good. I'd, 
and I double stinted during that year in 96 as well. Um, so I was pretty confident of picking up a drive. But back then, you know, the main drivers could drive together. Yeah. So there actually wasn't a lot of opportunities. Um, but, you know, I ended up there and that's the way it was and um, did some more laps around Bathurst and, um, you know, kept kept fresh and kept out there and kept me head out there so people knew that I was around. So And it worked out because Mark Scaife left Gibson's yep. partway through that year because they were struggling a bit for cash. Yep. He was doing the odd round. He was, yeah, I think, I think was, he was doing more TV commentary Seager, than driving. Seager car or something like that I think it might have been. Uh, yeah, it had been, yeah. yeah. And then it was the Coopers and Lybrand right, car yeah, and the yeah. – oh, yeah, they had a few different things on it to yeah. try to get it through. But he, in the end, couldn't help but yep. take John Crennan's offer. That's right. So suddenly for the Enduros – uh, Darren Hossack, who'd been yep. in a John Faulkner run car that Gary Dumbrell was backing, um, ends up in the Gibson car that Scaife had driven, mm. and you drove with him. Yep. For, and you two had a corking couple of Enduros at San Ana Bath. I think yep. you were fifth, sixth in, in both of them. Yeah. Pretty solid, sort of, you know, yeah. a little bit of an inflation after the deflation of the, <laughs> the start of the year. The good thing about it was um, I'd known Darren for a long time, and it's quite funny. My first ever go kart race. Um, itself was in Morwell um, down in Victoria and Darren had his first go-kart race that day and we pitted next to each other. Um, so I was quite comfortable when when I went there because I knew Darren really well and I was looking forward to working with him. So um, it actually turned out all right for me. Mm. You know, um, I, I believe if Tony and I had gone to Bathurst that year, we, we could have won it. I think he went with Charlie and the throttle That's broke right. or something. It so yeah. maybe we wouldn't have but... Um, you know, I stopped looking backwards and I just started looking forwards and, mm. you know, my opportunities were all of a sudden now around HRT and Gibson. So um, <laughs> how things change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got this, Seaton, Longhurst. You, and <laughs> you got a hell of a roller coaster going here. Like it's up and it's down and it's around well, and it's Well, you know, it's not easy. You know, trying to break into the, to the toughest series in the country, it's not easy and it's not supposed to be. So there's going to be challenges, you know. You look at Wing Cup. There's going to be challenges. So you okay? Let, let's roller coaster up October yeah. '96. Roller coaster down Aprilish '97. Whatever yeah. it was, roller coaster up Octoberish. <laughs> couple of good runs in the Enduros. Yeah. So is the phone ringing? Is there chats being had? You end up with Gibson in a you know yeah, you were I, a mature young line by that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, with, I actually signed the deal with John Crennan at Bathurst. So it was with it wasn't uh, you I, got placed at Gibson rather. Did you think you were going yes, to be was, at HRT? The, so the car that Barguana was in, I think, was the HRT Young Lions, Young Lions car that got written off. Yep. at Bathurst. The day before that, I had signed a deal to be the Young Lion next year in that car. Run out, out, out Clayton of, out of HRT. Um, they decided that the next day, you know. Because the car was Talk about roller coasters. The car was slightly. Yeah, hang on, roller, next, hang on. Roller next day coaster, the car's written off. <laughs> roller coaster down. And about two weeks later, we find out that HRT aren't going to rebuild it. They're not going to build another car, and I'm not going to be racing for them. And you've um, just signed a deal that says you will. Yes, and so the Holden Young Lion deal was moved to Gibson's um, on Yokohama's, and here I was thinking I'm just about to go onto Bridgestone. You're about to drive like what they've the, been driving, the beast, yep. like you know the cars that were so quick that yep. Scaife had put Brock's car on yep. pole at Bathurst, so close you can almost you touch like, it. I can taste it. 
Murphy and Lowndes have won at Sandown. Murph's won a pile of stuff during the year. Yeah. Lowndes comes back. Scaife's joined full time. Yeah. You're going to be the other bloke. This Barguana kid's jumped in his car. He's fast in it. The car's fast. I can't wait. How yeah. good, how good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like one after the other at the moment. It's <laughs> so you had, like, is that one of those contracts that just goes in the drawer never to be pulled out again? Or what we, were, we fought it because what we fought was, you know, we had a commitment that we were going to have a car that had bridge stones on it. Um, it, it specifically that because that's the so, big key, yeah. So the moving across to Gibsons didn't necessarily bother us but the Yokohama thing did. Hmm. Um, and it's like, well, you had done a deal with us the year before to run Bridgestone. Well, just because that car got written off doesn't mean that that car over there can't still have Bridgestones. But anyway, that's the way it worked. I ended up that year on Yokohama and... They did not have their act together at all. <laughs> no, it was, uh, and Gibson as a team wasn't what it had been no. in the Nissan era and the Winfield era. And it had been dismantled a little bit over the last couple of years because their financial problems and that. So, you know, look, we did the best we could that year. Um, but, you know, I think we worked really, really hard with Yokohama. We actually did come up with a tyre they brought to Oran Park that year that um, – I put on the car and tested, which was really good, good tyre, and I think we finished. We might have finished up well inside the top ten that weekend as well, um, and then the announcement came about the control tyre, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, we've worked so hard all year with Yokohama to develop this thing, and it's a really, really bloody good tyre, and now we're going to lose it. Um, and so I was actually hopeful that Yokohama would win the um, control tyre, but they didn't. Bridgestone did, yeah. <laughs> and um, that's the way it goes. So um, it was a, look, it was a tough year for political reasons, but it was still a year. It was still another year in the championship. It was still more laps, and um, you know that's important. Mm. So Todd Kelly was supposed to drive the Enduros with you. He was only young. He was like a cub. He was Formula Holdening, I think, at the mm. time. But the thing never made it to the Enduros. So was that a sponsor thing or was that a case of it all fell apart just, with the team? Or Just again, you know, we're painting a picture here, aren't we? It, it the roller coaster down. Just yeah. fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. just could no longer take it. It just, you know, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And it, in, 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 in my whole career, 98 was um, the worst year I, I had. Worse than 97? I didn't enjoy it at all. Worse than 97 though? Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 98 was a bad year. I would have thought 97 would compete there, but it's not quite yeah. gold. It's a silver medalist maybe. Yeah, probably a silver medalist. In the roller coaster ride down. Yeah, so. 98, was, 98 was hard. So it was I, a confidence-draining year. It mm. really um, it zapped me. Yeah. So having had these highs and lows, is this at the point where you and your dad go, you know what, we have to control our own destiny here yeah. because – We've been let down. We've had disagreements. We've had, le- you know, it hasn't worked. At least if we run our own show, mm. if it's no good, it's our fault. And yeah. we can. And is that where that all came from? Because of those frustrations and the the deals that didn't work yeah. out, and and that, and that was the the clear direction from that point. Definitely. Um, for me, you know, ninety eight probably ended my career. Um, it was probably going to be a stretch to get a drive anywhere else. Um, I'd proven in the three years, in those first three years, that my championship driving wasn't that good. My endurance driving was great, uh, but my championship driving wasn't that great. Um, and, you know, as a 
probably a last-ditched effort to try and stay in supercars. We brought a car and we hardly had a budget, so I think we only did six races or something that year. I can't quite remember. Um, but the thing was a jet. <laughs> was it? All, it was like those old cars, wasn't I it? I ran up the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should have done this long time ago. What have we been doing? And there you go. It's, you, you've got no confidence from the year before and all of a sudden you just bang, your confidence is back and we're, we're, we're doing these handful of races and we're running up the front in them. Mm. And the car was good, a really good car. And um, um, there you go, saving a career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was the this was the year that the AU Falcon came in, but you had the EL, which was yep. the proven yep. known thing, yep. and it was good. And it was Larco's Mitre Ten car, right? Previously, yep. so it came for, through the stones, through the stone. So brothers, where did, yeah. did you just go and find a workshop somewhere and go and run that one yourself, or how did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So um, um, we we the first workshop we got to run that car out of. Um, we had a guy that um, had been working with us before, Steve Williams, um, <clears throat> come across and um, we ran that car like with a pretty small crew out of a workshop in um, Ashmore here on the coast. So um, that's where we started there. Um, and then we, we, we moved the workshop eventually, I think in 2000, across to a bigger workshop in earnest when Super Cheap mm. came on board. So. Yeah. Because yeah. it was 99, you could do that by running some rounds. It wasn't the com- – I think you would have been level two, three. Level whatever, three level three, even yeah. at the time. So you, you didn't have to do every round. We had like no obligations. One. We yeah. could do what we wanted. Yeah, come and go as you please. Oh, we don't want to do that one. We can't afford that one. That's yeah. too far away. But but to get a level two wreck, which we wanted the next year, there was a criteria of amount of races you had to do to automatically qualify for it. Mm. And so I th- we, we made sure we made that cut. Yeah. But we still didn't get the level two license the following year, so I think we raced on level three for a, for a little while but until we purchased uh, level two. Yeah. So somewhere during that year, though, you get a phone call. Well, I'm presuming you got a phone call. How how it came to be? How did you? So you, <laughs> roller coaster up again. Yeah, yeah. Here we Dick go. Dick Johnson Racing Bathurst Endurance yeah. Drive. You know, run your own thing for the other things, but for the two big races. Come and drive for one of the biggest and best teams in the history of the sport. Yep. How does that all? Do you remember? How does that all come to be? Oh, that blew me away. Um, it was, I believe, Wayne Caddock was um, running DJR at the mm. time, and I just got a call. It was honestly, it's, I got a phone call. You know, would you like to come in and, and have a meeting? I'd like to have a, have a talk to you. So I was like, you know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what time do you DJR, want me there? Are you kidding me? <laughs> And so I drove there and, um, yeah, we pretty much did the deal while I sat in his office. So I, I was trying to figure out how Paul Radisic and I were going to work together. You're tall and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> he's about five foot one. I'm, I'm, I'm sure six he's, foot three. I'm sure he's had plenty of short gags in his time. <laughs> um, but I was really, really excited because Paul Radisic was someone I admired hugely. I had followed his career in two litres and I think it was the World Touring Car Championship and I just could not believe that all of a sudden I was going to be driving for DJR um, and with Paul. And um, is this one of those ones where you... And I think it was Dick's last year too. It so, was too, yeah, um, yeah. It was just a lot, you know. It was like, wow. <laughs> oh, <I caught laughs> wow. <this. laughs> is this one yeah. of those ones where 
you walk in and go, I don't care what you're paying or what the deal is. Yeah. Where do I sign? Like yeah. we're in. Like I'll. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't. I didn't ask to get paid. I don't. I don't think I, I. I could even believe that I was being asked to drive. So, I was just like, where do you want me to put it? Let's get. <laughs> let's get this happening. And it went and got happening. So it got happening. Because yeah. the weird thing in those years, Bathurst was later. It was in November. So yes. Indy was in October. Yes. So you went back in between Queensland and Bathurst to your own car. Yeah. And what did you do on the Gold Coast? I think finished second to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you polled it, so yeah, that was I polled good. it, yeah. Um, and, and he was, you know, in the. I think they saved your Bathurst cars, and they ran the old cars as well. Yes. The ELs. So yes, they um, might have too. So here, you guys were one, two, and you're knowing that you're going to drive with him. Yep. In the next race, yep. which is the one that matters. So, yep. you know, talk about balloon inflation, sort of November '99. Yeah, yeah. You're probably most puffed up than you've ever been in your whole career at that point. Like that's, I was. Um, you know, I epic. actually was a little bit frightened, to be honest. I, um, um, like, I'd driven for Longhurst, but I'd never driven for a team like DJR, and like it's it's like driving for HRT, isn't it? So, well, resource and people and yeah, people and there to help huge, you with this huge and workshop down yeah. there in Yatler, and like it was just. Like I, honestly, when I went to Bathurst, I was a bit, yeah, I was probably shitting myself to be honest. <laughs> um, maybe even thought I was out of my depth. Maybe not. Um, I was really young back then, so. Um, so what are you twenty five, twenty six by yeah, this stage? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you a seventy five? You're a seventy seventy four model. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know. Um, Still didn't, still didn't have quite the proper maturity yet, but you know I was going for the biggest, biggest weekend of my life. So and I knew it, um, but I was ready for it. So I couldn't wait. At the same time as I was scared, I couldn't wait to get in the car. Um, but I crashed the car at Bathurst in practice, and um, probably was the reason why we didn't get pole, um, <clears throat> because they spent time fixing the car rather than getting it right. Um, but you know, Sunday was Sunday. It, it is what it was, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> it's the one, it's, of all the ones, yeah. it's the one that's – I mean, everyone has yeah. a Bathurst, I coulda, woulda, shoulda, did Yeah, coulda, day. woulda, yeah. And you've probably – you had other ones on other days. But yeah. that's Nothing the like one, that. That's the one that everyone yep. goes on about because the cars – I think the standout thing everyone thinks of with the shell cars in 99 Bathurst yeah. is how fast they yep. were up and down the hill. Yeah, the they were rockets. Yeah, it was a jet. And, you know, like – I watched Bathurst last year and Chaz and Lee and and the weekend they had. It reminded you of... And it's like I, I've driven that car at yeah. Bathurst. You know, <laughs> I've, I've had a car that was that much better than everyone else's. Like you, we even mentioned Lowndes in 96. Um, you know, there's been times where someone's had that car and it's such a privilege to drive a car like that around, around that track. But damn, it just didn't quite come off for us, you know. Mm. It just didn't... We didn't quite get there. What do you remember about... That day specifically, I mean, obviously oh. the that Radisic was flying. He's leading or fighting mm. for the lead, because um, he, he he get he touches a, a lap car that it rips the tire. Yeah, Mark Pool. I think Mark you mentioned Poole him before. Yeah. yeah, it was too. The John I think, Deere. Car. I think he ran into Mark Pool and it pulled the valve stem off the tire and flat tire, and then the the comedy of errors after that um, happened. Like I think even if we had have got down and got the tire changed and the spoiler changed and and got back going, um, you know, we still could have got a podium out of it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, what actually, podium out of it wasn't really what no, we were after why anymore. you were there, yeah. But what actually, 
I'm trying to remember. So it, it cooked itself. After yeah, dinner. I think oh, off memory something happened with the splitter. It didn't get changed straight away. It had to come in and get changed. And I think during that it broke something and something overheated and, the, and something, something overheated and then the thing ended up blowing up. And Paul went and fed the horses. Fed and went, went, went and fed the horses. <laughs> and the, the funniest part of that is Paul's allergic to horses. Yeah. So, you know. Um, look, you asked me what I thought about that day and what things come back to me. When I got out of the car and Paul got in, I thought I've got one of the best touring car drivers in the world um, behind the wheel. Um, you know, it's going to take a lot to take this office today. I was pretty comfortable, mm. pretty confident. And so, you know, the mistake's the mistake. It is what it is. Mm. Um, you can't take it back. No. And, you know, I'm sure at the time um, it hurt Paul as well. Mm. I'm sure it probably still does because, you know, it, it still hurts the one that got away. Mm. Even now, you know, thinking back about it, it's still emotional because um, I always thought that I could win Bathurst and it was the one. Clearly it was the one. Mm. <laughs> and it's sort of like a thing that particularly when you're younger, so by 99, as we said, you're 25. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always talk to the, the guys about that they always thought, oh, well, next year. I've got plenty ahead of me. Yeah. And suddenly time just ticks by. Yeah, and they, you, and they you, start to and go. You, and you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not in a car that's as good as it could have been or, yep. you, oh, I've took a drive over here and, and then you finish. And it's yep. like it's like people who say that you've got to enjoy your life and suddenly that's right. you go, holy crap, I'm 40 now. I was 20 the other day. What's going on here? Um, it's a bit like that too and you can never – you can't get that day back, and but you can't always think that you're going to have all these other opportunities in the future because you just don't know that. No, and look, I think the pattern's starting to get painted now by 99 that at Bathurst, for whatever reason it was there and whatever it is about that track, I always put myself there. You were in um, the game every year there pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Pretty so much. So I was pretty confident after 99 that my opportunity to win Bathurst would still come. And they did. They, they they still presented themselves over the time, but circumstances. You know, it's a six and an hour and forty five minute race, or whatever it is. And um, anyone that's been there knows what happens at that place. Mm. You, know, you can rain when you'd least expect it. Um, you know, any anything can happen, and and it, does. it usually does. Yeah, it usually does. And it, what makes me proud is that I always put myself there. So by that stage when you've taken up that opportunity and that's just a commitment for a couple of races, the big ones, but you've got your own thing going. Yep. So is your plan then to press on with your own thing and that the DJR thing was just a great opportunity one-off, but at that stage you were already planning the next year that you're doing your own Yeah, I've definitely seen the DJR thing as one-off. Um, I would, love, would have loved it to have happened again, but we did have our own thing going. We were talking to Super Cheap. You know, things were going on in the background, um, you know, about trying to find sponsors to run the car for the following year and then to do a actual Bathurst campaign ourselves. Mm. Um, and that formed the goal. You know, I would, would love to have driven for DJR, DJR again and again and again. Uh, I would have loved to because I really enjoyed it. And Dick was, um, he was a fantastic guy to, to work with. Like after the crash on the, that I mentioned on the Saturday, you know, it was him that got me into the back of the truck and like what he said to me was just made sense and it really earthed me and, you know, um, and it was my, my moment. So we went out there on the Sunday and, and we went for it. 
And, you know, I would love to have driven for him for a long time but it didn't happen and we had our own thing and that was important to mm. us. So, you know, we thought if we can go to Bathurst and make our mark on Bathurst with our own team, then that's something pretty special. So, mm. you know, we, we put a pretty good team together too over the years. So you went 2000 with your own thing, built yep. a new, uh, an AU Falcon, had your yep. own car. Yeah. Um, you know, what was the, what was your, your, cause you know, these are the days when single car teams were still, you know, these days it's pretty rare. Tim Slade, yep. Tim Blanchard Slater, yeah. things kind of the, yep. the only thing that's a single car. Um, how many people did you have? And you're driving, but are you running the ship as well? And <laughs> what, how are you doing all this? It's a juggling act. Dad took it over. He took it on. He ran the race team. Um, so I trained every day and I would drop into the workshop every day, but I wasn't necessarily hands-on. Um, but, you know, I'd sit and we'd strip gearboxes down and, you know, we'd go through stuff because, you know, there's a lot of things from a driver's perspective where you can always sharpen yourself up. So understanding gearboxes and engines and things like that were important, but I was less hands-on and more becoming the full-time Mm. driver but we still only had a couple of full-time crew too so like it wasn't like we had you know six or eight people working in the workshop it was really only a couple so it was a small started off very small mm. and it's a tight-knit little bunch of yep. people it's sort of us against the world it's yeah and we didn't share engine deals with anyone and that's the difference we didn't today. share data with anyone we were a one-car team mm. yeah and yeah. whereas as the years went on later on Teams were doing because it was it was in the rules that you couldn't do a lot of that a lot of the time too. Yeah, grouping of yeah. testing and but yeah. it, it became the norm later on where I think part of the thing was the cost was pretty draining. So you know even Triple Eight went and did a deal with Stones for engines and things yep. like that along the way yep. that that followed through. That's so, right. And I think that was the year I was there actually. It was um, yeah, oh five yeah, two thousand five when Triple yeah. Eight did the deal with um, Kenny and that. Yeah, mm. but for you to do your own thing. That's a pretty big undertaking. Yeah. Do you look back on it and go, wow, that yeah. was actually a bit more yeah. ambitious than we thought? Yeah. Um, even more so now, like um, two and a half months ago, Dad died and, you know, he was really, really proud of what not just himself but we managed to do mm. in the sport. And he was really proud that he ran a, a team at the top level and took it up to him. Mm. And... The other thing that we noted a little while ago, and I know you saw this on our socials because you commented, <laughs> so I know exactly that you saw it. So in that first year of you running a full-time team, 99 was part-time, part of the rounds. In 99, uh, sorry, in 00, 2000, Sydney Olympics year, yep. your little team wins a race. Yes. At Sandown, at later Sandown. in that year, yep. you remain the only bloke to win a race in the history of the championship with number 31. Number 31. No pressure, James Golding, or anything <laughs> like that. But, but I mean, when you look, you know, 22 years ago, if a team came in a super, that, that would be like Tim Blanchard's team winning a race last year in its first year, yep. which would have been, whoa, but it's sort yep. of because your team's not around anymore and you're not as involved in the sport. It's probably not in our face as much to be reminded, yep. but that's why we're here to that's do this right, sort of that's stuff. That's right, so to talk about the do you, past. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that 2000 centre? Because it was you, Radisic, Scaife and Lowndes. Yeah, I remember it clearly. Yeah. yeah very clearly because, um, you know, you don't you don't win – some people don't win too many V8 supercar races. I only won one. and um, It's won more than a lot of other So that was an awesome, an awesome result. But um, So qualifying was wet. 
And I actually think we were struggling a little bit that weekend. I love Sandown, um, but we were struggling a little bit and qualifying was wet. And there mustn't have been very long ago I radiated and said, there's a dry line, let's roll the dice, let's come in and put slicks on. And I reckon only four of us did, like John Bow, myself, maybe maybe Radisic and Scaife. That, that might be the... And we qualified first, second, third and fourth. And that changed my weekend. Um, Simply just getting the start and being in clean air. Um, all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing how much speed you get when... Mm. <laughs> when you're not stuck fighting. And I had pretty much scafe um, glued to my rear bumper for however many laps that was. It would have been the longest, longest amount of laps I reckon I've ever driven in my life. Um, but I kept it tight and, um, yeah, um, ended up winning the race. And um, second overall for the round. Because that was the days of the round where you finished and then that's where you started the next one. Yep. Progressive, you didn't have the separate qualifying. Yep. So if you could get yourself out of the crappy pile in qualifying, yep. you pretty much set up your weekend from there if you yep. didn't cock it up. That was amazing. Could, it was just absolutely amazing, just that qualifying in the front couple of rows. Changed the it. The difference that made. Mm. Yeah. Not getting smashed in the rear yeah. and smashed in the door yeah. and all the hijinks yep. that go on in the, That's right. in the first lap. So at yeah. that moment, do you look back on that as, is that better, same? Bathurst podiums are pretty cool, but it's not just winning a race. It's winning a race in your team, your car, first yeah. full-time season. Not too many people can say that. That's got to be almost – is that top of the list when you look back and go, achievements, oh. wow, that's hard to beat? Standing on the podium at Bathurst is unbeatable. Um, I know it wasn't first. Um, that weekend at Sandown was unreal. Look, I always look back at that as one of the greatest things we ever did. Mm. Um, but no, our, our podium in 2003 um, outweighs that mm. at Bathurst. Because was it? The I, sand, the, both the Sand and 500 that year, and the 03, with, with Luke, and we'll, we'll touch yeah. on that yeah. in a minute. I'm, I'm working my way through here. We're getting there. No, we're no, up to I 2000. Know, I know, I know we, but no, that, that Sand and thing was unreal. Look, it, 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 really, it really gave us the spring in our step that we needed mm. um, because it had been a hard year. Um, building a new car and trying to run that competitively in such a competitive series um, it had been a tough year at, at times, trying to develop a car and learn a car and finally running something for yourself, if you know what I mean. And, um, you know, just for it to come come good for us like it did. And, like, I even think in 2000, I drove with Paul Stokel at Bathurst, I think I, I think we had really good speed. I, I think, you know, I'll look back 2000, I, I don't think we finished the race, but um, it Possibly is another one that got away because the car was so quick. I think it was was it got stuck on the curb down at the chase in the oh, wet. Yeah, great. Early. In the, sorry to bring. <laughs> I remember that so uh, clearly. I'm going down the inside of Glen Seaton down at the chase, and it's pouring rain around lap seven or something. And I hit a puddle and aquaplane straight off the track, and because you can't steer the things on the grass, I had to go where it took me to the curb, and <laughs> it peached itself on it. So if that was that year, yeah, that's another one that got away because the car was really, really fast in 2000. Yeah. Do I remember rightly that that's when you started doing your own engine, like Craig Hastead started? I think – was it around that yeah, Sandown wind time? I've got a I funny feeling. I don't that know that was... exactly what, what when Craig started with us, but yes. Because as, as our listeners will know, you know, he's heavily involved in the supercars yes, engine side of things right. now, but at the time – 
he hadn't really done supercars. He mm. was a drag racing. That's guy, right. He'd much. been. I, I can't. Rem, I can't remember exactly how Craig Haystead came about, um, but he'd been recommended to us from somebody, a guy from outside of the sport. Um, and look, Craig's a fantastic engine builder, and he built us fantastic engines. Um, but that race at Sandown, um, in particular, um, and again, I could be corrected. But I think we turned up to Sandown with a new exhaust system um, and it came out both sides. And I think before that we always brought them out one side. Um, and that gave us the, the top end, the, the power that mm. everyone said that we had in our engines and the noise. And at Sandown, that's what it's all about. It's, yeah. You've got to have that. You've got to put yeah. it on the road coming out of those slower corners. Yeah. But and I was able to keep that HRT car behind me. I think... I think in the last race, Paul passed me. I think the, 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 that DJR thing was quick, but mm. um, we certainly had come across something in the power department and mm. that was clear. <laughs> Big time. And we were pretty excited about that because, um, you know, up and down the mountain, that was going to give us a huge boost. Because mm. mm. you became a regular top tenner. And yep. you look at, as you said before, your Bathurst history – you're always there or thereabouts yeah. there. The season's a harder thing to stay up yep. for as long for, particularly when, hard. You're little, <laughs> when you're a little team and you're, you're one-carring it and yeah. in that era. That, that's pretty hard. But I remember 01, I think you were top 10 in the championship. You, you yeah, were there or thereabouts yeah. all year. You'd build a little team that was the little team that could. Like yeah. it, 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 I hate to say the punching above your weight thing, but you kind of did. Yeah, really. I think we did. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think we punched above our weight. Mm. Because um, it's not easy, not easy at all. And like I said earlier, we're not sharing data or anything with anybody, mm. set up or anything. We're doing it all ourselves. Mm. Um, and you know that makes it hard. Like too, you know, there's times during the year when you're not having such good weekends, and you're trying to figure out why. And had I've had data, it could have been me, you know. Like we, yeah, you we, can we don't see know other, things like that. The bloke in the other <laughs> car can do it. Oh, okay, the car will do it if yeah, I set it up right. like that. So, yeah, you know, it made it difficult at times, and that's probably why we're a bit up and about. But I think that year you're talking of oh one, we might have finished eighth or ninth or something yeah, in the championship. I, I think it was something like that, yeah. Um, but we never got back to that consistency again. It, it, it got a bit bit spasmodic after that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember too, and, and I dug this out of a magazine, and it sort of was covered at the time, but not really in depth, because the the championship was really changing because yep. all the big wigs were coming in from overseas. Yep. Pro Drive came in, Triple Eight came in. Like there was some heavy hitters, so it was getting harder and harder. So do I remember rightly that Glenn Seaton drove your super cheap car at a, a test day at Queensland, and was there a chance to yes. pal up? And this happened. By, by this stage, he was a one car team, sort of hanging on, trying to stay in the game. Yep. And you're a one car team. You've got a history together. Uh, he came in. Did you go drive his, or he just drove your? No, head? no. What he come and he come and drove my car. I wasn't there. Um, I had gone to the UK for a wedding. My best mate um, was married in the UK. Um, and so Glenn went and did a test day while I was away because we were struggling a little bit with the car um, and we just wanted another opinion. So Glenn, who we, as you can see through the story, we had a lot of respect for Glenn over a lot of years and so it was it was good for Glenn to come and jump in the car and drive it and give us his honest feedback and sort of help us in a direction. And I think after that we started to maybe start sharing data a little bit amongst each other as well. I remember doing it in Canberra 
I don't know if we started to share data anywhere else, um, but I remember looking at his data in Canberra once. Um, but, yeah, we always had a good relationship with Glenn. I always found Glenn a guy that, you know, there are nice people in motorsport. Glenn, Glenn's a nice bloke in motorsport. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a, uh, an Olympic champion in that area. Yep. That's yep. definitely for sure. So there's never the opportunity. So that was it. It wasn't a case of, oh, maybe we should pal up or. Don't quite remember. I, like I said, I don't remember whether we took that any further. Mm, but I, it, I just can't quite remember. Good guy to have to have a steer because yep. from a test driver point of view, yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for many yeah. years since he's, he's racing. He's not yeah, been as probably, busy. He's probably one of the best. Set up yeah, plenty of There wouldn't be too many better than Glenn when no. it comes to that sort of stuff. And that's where we're going to leave it this week on the V8 Salute Podcast powered by Repco. I can't give you everything in the chat in one week. I have to make you want to hang on for another week and give you part two. That's what we'll do next week. Uh, that pod, part one, really does show you how motorsport can be such an up-and-down game. It is really... Quite unbelievable. Plenty of twists and turns in the Ellery story. Next week, more twists and turns. On part two, we cover a bunch of stuff, including the unique situation of how his sponsor's stickers were taken off his race car mid-weekend, how he came to land at and leave Triple Eight, and the full-time deal that he turned down in the aftermath of leaving Triple Eight, and plenty, plenty more. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Steve. We've got plenty more great podcast chats over the weeks ahead, but we're already planning for next year. If you've got some guest suggestions or maybe a topic suggestion or a question for a Q&A, send it to us now via the contact page on the V8 Sleuth website. There's a link in the show notes as well. That's been done. Enjoy your week. Join us next week for another episode of the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.